Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Go with me to Genesis 28. Genesis 28 verses 20 to 22. Genesis 28 verses 20 and 28 says this. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will keep me in this way that I go and will give me bread to eat and clothing to wear so that I can come again to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be a be God's house. And all that you give me, I will give a full tenth to you. So we see here, Jacob is going through some transition. We see that he, 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 um, he, he got his wives. He, he married Leah and Rachel and so forth. And, and we talk about, you know, he had the dream about angels descending up and down. Jacob's letter, ladder, as we talk about. Here we see Jacob making a vow to give God 10% all that he has. So tithing, and this is, I'm taking up an offering, tithing is something that God instituted way before the law, actually in the beginning of the garden. Um, Tony Evans, Pastor Tony Evans, has a wonderful teaching on YouTube about tithing and about the tree, the knowledge of good and evil, and how that is a representation of the tithe. The tithe is something that automatically belongs to God. It's not something that we can take and spend. It is not even optional as believers to even use the tithe to pay our bills. The tithe actually belongs to the Lord. And so the Bible says in Malachi, as you're familiar with, will a man rob God? And, the, and it continues, says, yes, and you're tithing and you're offering. You have robbed me. What are you robbing God from? You're robbing him of the opportunity to bless his children. And so I want to encourage you, even as Jacob tithed, and we see Abraham tithed a tenth to Melchizedek, and we know that Jesus is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. And so this, is, this has been instituted by the Lord, God Almighty, the tithe, and the tithe belongs to the Lord. So that today, as you think about that, I want to encourage you to give 10% of your revenue gross to the Lord and give a free will offering on top of that. I want you to exhort, examine your heart. It's something about that tithe. And as we read through Genesis, as we're doing as a church, as you read through, you see the Lord really blessed Jacob. The Bible says one year there was famine in the land and he tithed and he reaped what he sowed. And in the same year that he sowed, he reaped a hundredfold. And there is something about the power of the tithe and the power of offerings and sowing seed. So today I want you to examine your heart. We're still in the first month of the year. I want you to sow towards your future. I want you to honor the Lord with your with 10% of your revenue and I want you to give him some praise. And there is a particular way in which you should tithe. You should tithe in faith. You should tithe out, out of a cheerful heart. You should tithe out of a love for God and for the causes of Christ. 
So if you got your tithe ready, I want you to get your phones. If you, you got your phones, there's a several ways in which you can give. You can give through Cash App, the Cash App sign, K-L-M-N-J, K-L-M-N-J. You can also tithe by texting KLM to 77977, and that's through PushPay. Or you can give through, through Bill Pay or through um, through checks or money orders. You can go to our website, kingdomlivingnj.org, find where it says give, push that, and you can, or you can find our address on our mailing address and get together and get ready to tithe. So if you have your tithes together and your offerings, I want you to join me standing. Well, actually you're sitting, but join me uh, in faith. And I want you to give in faith this morning. Say, Father God, I want to thank you. Forgive me for giving to me the opportunity to prosper. I want to honor you with my tithes and my offering. I thank you, Lord for the opportunity to cause your kingdom to advance. I give in faith this morning. I give in love and I give in expectancy. In Jesus' name, go ahead and push that. Come on, rejoice over that seed. Rejoice over that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What a wonderful opportunity it is to tithe and to give offerings. You know, some people have made up in their mind they're not going to do it, but that's between them and God. But I want you to be to join in with God's causes by tithing and offering. Listen, there's no fight here. God, I'm telling you, you can ask those people who, are, who have been tithing consistently. God is good to us. And God is good to those who are not tithing. But I'm telling you this, there is something that happens with the tithe and offerings. Amen. All right, let's go to the Lord in prayer. I'm going to jump into this word. I'm going to talk about be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we come to you boldly in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the opportunity to preach and teach your word of God. Thank you for the wonderful time that I had three and a half months of sabbatical off out of the pulpit ministry. Thank you for the wonderful guests that came through here. Thank you for our own ministers who had deposited truths, grace deposits into our lives. Thank you that we can live off of those things. And thank you that our church is strengthened because of those things. And we praise your name. We thank you, Father. What a wonderful time it is to fellowship. Thank you for our time of fasting. Thank you for our time of, of, of prayer and, and seeking you and confessing the word and praying in the spirit. We praise you and we honor you this morning. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. So today we're going to talk about being filled with the Spirit, being filled with the Spirit. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. It's good to be back in the pulpit. I, I was kind of getting jealous here of all the ministers giving, uh, have an opportunity to share the Word of God. But I needed that rest and I, I, I do take a, a month off every year, and I, I also love to give opportunities to our, our ministers here at KLM. We have some wonderful gifts here. I'm talking about the gifts in the, in the ministers, and I just want them to grow and to develop 
I'm telling you, God has sent us some of the best ministers in the world, and I'm grateful for them. They all have their different unique styles. No one is exactly alike, <laughs> and I love it. I love it. Some people may be more preachy, you know, like Lady Courtney, and um, I mean, she, she can preach a treach, as we call it, teach and preach at the same time. And then we, we have wonderful gifts like Minister Angel and, and Minister Cleavon and Frank, Minister Frank, Mr. Minister Jackie, Minister David. We, we have all these wonderful ministers, and I'm so very grateful. Some of them are graduating this year from licensed ministers to ordained ministers. Others are graduating from um, accepting the call into being the licensed ministers. And we're going to give an opportunity for those who want to enroll in the intense class of PD. And, and I'm telling you, if you don't like reading, do not enroll in this class. If you don't like writing, do not enroll in this class. If you're going to complain about, I got millions of books to give you and share with you. And we don't want to, to just put up anybody because they have a call. Everybody feel a call. But listen, not everybody's called to the fivefold ministry and not everybody's called to preach and teach. There are other people who, there are, there are some calls for prayer. There are some calls for giving. You know, we often, we talk about prayer warriors. What about giving warriors? What about giving warriors? This year, um, Minister Frank is gonna talk about that a little bit. He's gonna expound on that, about the treasure principle. And there's something about giving. Um, there, there is a calling for men and women to become entrepreneurs for the sake of giving millions of dollars into the gospel. Now, some people are like, I'm called to be an entrepreneur, but it's, it's, it's self-centered. It's not for the kingdom of God. So, so yeah, I'm going to leave it there. I don't want to dive into his message this year. But anyway, Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's look at verse, verses 15 through 21. I'm reading out of the ESV. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Amen to the reading of God's word. So we see from here, Paul is instructing the church at Ephesus. He's saying, look carefully then how you walk. In other words, observe your ways, your thoughts, and how you live. And then he goes on, he says, make the best use of your time because the days are evil. Don't be unwise, but instead make the best use of your time. In other words, don't waste time. How many know that time is more valuable than money? Time is more valuable than money. We only have a small amount of time on the earth. Now, God said that the days of men should be 120. Most people will not live to be 120. There are those like myself who are believing to live to be 120. We have a short amount of time on this earth. Then we will enter into eternity. So we better do what we got to do now before we leave, breathe our last breath. I want to encourage you to focus, be focused and be intentional and be purposeful with your time. Time is a very, is a precious gift. 
And before you know it, those who have little kids, your kids will be adults, going off to college, becoming a spouse, becoming a father, a mother, becoming a business person, or an employer or employee. We have a small amount of time to preach and teach the gospel to our children, and above all, model the gospel before our children, before they're grown. So time is of the essence. The Bible tells us and instructs us to make the best use of our time. Ten years from now, the people that we know, some of them will have entered into eternity. Perhaps five years from now or even five months from now. Last year, we saw a significant amount of people departing this life. At the beginning of last year, Kobe Bryant left. All that he did meant nothing in light of eternity or it had very little significance that the fact he, who knew that he was going to depart this life? How many actors and actresses and ministers and bishops and loved ones have departed this life? So we don't have a lot of time. And I, I, loved, I love watching TV. I should say I like watching TV. I, I like watching my shows. And I'm going to tell you that you don't want to spend all your days watching entertainment because you have a short amount of time to do a work for God before you enter into a place called eternity. All right, I could get on that for a little bit, but I won't. I'm going to just, I want you to keep that in mind. So today you should pay attention to today. You should pay attention to today. Tomorrow is another thing, but today you should focus on the moment right now. This isn't to say that you shouldn't prepare for tomorrow. You should, but you should focus on today. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 6, there's enough evil in today that to keep us busy for us to worry about tomorrow. So focus on today. Right now, you should be focusing on the word of God that I'm sharing with you. Focus. Don't, don't let this time go. Don't be going about cooking and, and checking your phone. Like, of, course, of course, if you're making comments on, your, on the YouTube channel or the Facebook channel, please do. We encourage that. But we don't want you to get so distracted by that that you miss this moment right now. This is a God moment. This is God speaking to us. Whenever the Bible is being proclaimed, it's God speaking to us. Let's look at the next part. It says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be foolish. Don't act like someone who doesn't know God. A fool has said in his heart, there is no God. But understand the will of God, the will of God that is revealed in his word. How many know that the Bible is God's will? So as you're reading Genesis through Revelation, this is the will of God. Some of you all have never read all of the real, revealed will of God and yet you're seeking for the unre unrevealed will. Read the word of God. It is, it is the place in which you measure everything else about. The word of God tells us what God thinks, how he feels, what, what, what the future looks like, and so forth. So pay attention to what he has already said. Understand the will of God as it relates to your life. It says, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. The next part, it says, do not get drunk with wine, for, what, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. In other words, 
Don't get drunk off of wine, alcohol. Now, I work for Budweiser. I don't drink it. <laughs> I just, I just kind of facilitate it. I don't even make it. Facilitate it. I, sometimes I might test it. But the Bible tells us not to get drunk with wine. I would even venture to say that it, I have liberty to say, don't get drunk with anger. Don't get drunk with lust. Don't get drunk with entertainment. Don't get drunk with all these things that are, don't get drunk with your own thoughts. But instead, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Now, I don't drink wine. I don't drink alcohol. Uh, but I'm not telling you what to do. But I don't do it because I don't want to drink anything that perhaps may draw me away to a place where I would get drunk. I don't want to, I don't want anything, I don't want to be filled with anything that's going to take me away from the cause and the will and the kingdom of Christ. But he says, but be filled. The Greek actually says, but be being filled. Be being filled. Present tense. Be being filled with the Spirit. We can be filled with a lot of things. But here the Bible tells us to be, be filled with the Spirit. We'll come back to that. And it goes on, it says, verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to, to the Lord with your heart. We saw this demonstrated on, I believe, Friday or Saturday, Friday and Saturday, where um, Elder Karen Jennings, who is a partner and a friend of this ministry, and Lady Courtney Wright, they sung praises to the Lord. They sung to us. They were doing what the Bible tells us to do, singing and making melody to the Lord with their hearts. And they addressed us in psalm and hymns and spiritual songs. Now, that word hymns doesn't necessarily mean that it was like a hymn, like in a hymnal book. And we'll get into that some other time. But it's, it's a spiritual song. It's a song influenced by the Spirit of God. And that's the way that we're, that is one demonstration of us being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it continues. It says, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So we see here that, that there is a thankful spirit that comes with being filled with the spirit. The Bible speaks of in Timothy that in the last days, people will become unthankful ungodly and unholy and unthankful. You don't want to be a part of that generation of unthankfulness and unholy. So learn to be thankful. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Become a thankful person. When a server serves you at a restaurant, be thankful. Thank them and leave a tip. I'm going to say it again. I said this years ago. If you can't afford to leave a tip, don't go out to eat. All right. Be thankful. Learn how to have a great a, 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 a spirit of gratitude. Thank, be thankful for for your, your spouse, your children, your parents. Be thankful to God first and foremost. But giving thanks to God, the Bible tells us in everything, give thanks. Now, don't thank God for the cancer, but thank God that the fact that he's with you in while you're going through this trial in, with your body. Thank God for the opportunity to use your faith and to apply what, you, what you've been taught. Offer up thanksgiving. Learn how to be thankful. This is part of being filled with the Spirit. Part of being filled with the Spirit is also to sing songs and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. There's something about singing a song, even if you don't have the greatest voice. Learn how to sing songs to the Lord. Lord, I love you. 
Lord, I praise you. Learn how make it sing a new song, as the psalmist says. Learn how to sing songs to the Lord. And then in the last part, it says, submitting to one another, not uh, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So we're to submit to one another to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. That's something that is not taught a lot about that I hear that I know of is that we're to submit to one another, submit to the spirit of God that's inside of your brothers and your sisters. Don't think that you got a revelation and no one else can tell you what to do. You are on a road of destruction. God never calls you to isolation. He calls you to a body. The, the Bible doesn't know a Christian without a church. I'm preaching better than you saying amen. Come on, somebody post that. The Bible doesn't know a Christian without a church. And so you should be a part of a church, even online. You should be connected. You are called to be accountable to your brothers and your sisters in Christ. Your brothers and your sisters have a right to call you on the carpet when you're in sin. Your brothers and your sisters have a right to help you. They have a God-given mandate to help you to carry the load of your burden. The Bible calls us to, to weep with those who are weeping and rejoice when those who are rejoicing. So we are called to one another. Don't get mad. So many people get mad at a church and they get up and leave and go to the next church. God, or don't go to church anymore. Listen, your flesh will be tested at any church that you go to because God is calling us to learn how to love one another and to address one another and to submit to one another. Don't think that you high mighty, that you, can that you can't take a rebuke from your brother and or your sister. <laughs> I don't know why I'm saying this and I feel like I'm preaching a little bit, but I don't mean to. But I'm telling you, Learn how to take a rebuke. Sometimes people are so sensitive and you can't say anything to them. But learn how to receive from one another. Learn how to listen to one another. Learn how to pray for one another and encourage one another. Now, that doesn't give you the right to go around telling people what to do and, and what to watch and, and how to eat. Now, I'm not talking, that's a cultish, right? We don't, we're not talking, we're not promoting that. But when it comes to spiritual things and the Bible, I have a right to challenge you. How you doing with your tithing? That's right, I said it. How you doing with your living as a single person? Are you committing a adultery or are you are you entertaining yourself with ungodly sin <laughs> are, are you overeating are you drinking too much are you getting drunk we have a right to call when it, what the bible tells us to do right amen let me leave that alone so these are all signs in which we're we're filled with the spirit so if you want to be filled with the spirit these are some of the evidence that you are filled with the spirit but I want to focus on one evidence that is uh, it's not necessarily in these verses, but it, it is. It's, 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 it's assumed. Paul is writing to a church that spoke in tongues. In the book of Acts, there were certain men at Ephesus that had received Christ, but they did not receive the baptism or the fullness of the Spirit. So Paul ministered to them and, told, and laid hands on them for them to receive the fullness of the Spirit or what we call the baptism with the Spirit. It was assumed that they were going to speak in tongues. And I'm going to take my time as we go through this. We're going to 
next two weeks, today and next week, and perhaps the third, the last weekend and last Sunday in January, we're going to focus on being filled with the Spirit. This church spoke in tongues. They received the initial infilling of the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. The Bible evidence of a person being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues, speaking in other tongues. It is the initial evidence that a person is filled with the Spirit. It isn't the only evidence, but it is the initial and the continuation of, of, speak, of evidence of speaking in other tongues. The scripture tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Some people are filled with other spirits, angry spirits, lustful spirits, spirit of power. They want power and authority, spirit of greed, a lust, a desires for other things. This isn't a suggestion, but it's a command. The Bible commands us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So this week, as we pray the, the second part of the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come, your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're to pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, for the filling of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you, you might speak in tongues now, and you should, but there are many refillings or many fillings of the Holy Spirit. We need to constantly be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not enough just to read your Bible and pray a little bit. You need to continue to be filled with the Spirit. You need to pray and ask God, fill me with your Spirit. Even though you speak in tongues, you need to be refilled again and again and again and again and again. You know, you can't just eat enough or drink. Let's, let's use water. You can't just drink a bottle of water <laughs> just for the day, right? But you're going to have to continue to... You, you can't just drink enough water for tomorrow, but you've got to drink water every single day to, to, to get the max out of your body. You can't just sleep once a week and expect to be at your best. As Christians, you cannot expect to be fully in the will of God and only be filled once. There's a minister, a pastor, who is a Baptist, and he does not necessarily embrace the infilling of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. One time he was in the forest or in the woods, as we say, and he lifted up his hands. He was just seeking after God and he prayed to God and was hungry for God. And God filled him with the Holy Spirit and he began to speak in other tongues, even though he didn't agree with it, did not believe it. It was not part of his theology. And yet the spirit of God filled him as he was seeking after God. And that was the first and only time that he ever spoke in tongues. He's been in ministry over 40 years, and yet the only time he was filled to that degree was when he was in, that, in that, those woods. I want to encourage you, speaking in tongues is not the only evidence of a person being filled, but it is the initial, and it is a, 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 many, it's, it's a major evidence of, speak, of being filled with the Spirit. You and I are called to speak in tongues every single day. We're called to be filled with the Holy Spirit every single day. And if you're full of the Holy Spirit, you'll be doing, that's part of being in the will of God. The Holy Spirit, um, it, it, a lot of times we, we, we talk about the Christians being 
saved, uh, individuals being saved, and you should be saved. You're called to be saved. You're called to be born again. Christians should want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you all may say, well, I'm not sure about the tongues business. Well, it's in the Bible. Don't you want everything that's in the Bible to be part of your life, everything that God has for you? There is an experience subsequent to the new birth. When you and I got saved, Jesus came inside and changed us by his spirit. The spirit of God came inside. When you get saved, the spirit of God comes inside of you. But just because he's inside of you doesn't mean that you're full of him. It's called the, this next, this other experience outside of the new birth is called the baptism with the Holy Spirit or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God wants his children to be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. As believers, we need this precious baptism. It is a gift of God. The Holy Spirit has been given to every believer, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit has not. Again, the initial evidence of this gift is the speaking in other tongues. There are at least two distinctive operations of tongues. There's tongues for personal edification and there's tongues for private ministry, for public ministry. Tongues for personal prayer life and tongues for public ministry. This is the difference of a, the gift to every believer and the spiritual gift for the edification of the body of Christ. Tongues for personal edification and tongues for public ministry. There are other distinctives of this gift, but we're going to major on the one for personal edification. Jesus told his disciples to not depart from Jerusalem until they have received the promise of the Spirit. So go with me in your Bibles to Luke 24. Luke 24. Luke chapter 24, verses 44 through 49. It reads, then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses to these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Here Jesus is about to depart. He was resurrected from the dead. He came and told them that what Moses wrote, the, the Proverbs, the, 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 the Psalms, and the prophets, they all spoke about him. And the Bible says that he opened their eyes that they may understand the scriptures. And then he tells them, he says, you know what? I want you to go to Jerusalem, but I don't want you to depart until you receive this promise. This is the promise from the father. Do not leave home without him. Jerusalem was a, a base for believers. It was like, a, 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 like Jerusalem. It, it, it was a place of, of, of where the church was birthed and received its mission. mission. And so Jesus told them, don't leave until you receive him. 
the Holy Spirit. Don't leave. This is the promise. This was prophesied of the days of old. Isaiah prophesied about the coming of the Spirit. Ezekiel prophesied about the coming of the Spirit. There is something that was about to take place that never happened before on the face of the earth. Jesus told them, go to Jerusalem and wait to receive power from on high. And I'm here to tell you, don't leave without the Holy Spirit. Don't leave. Don't think you can do great things for God without the fullness of the spirit of God. Amen. Jesus instructed them. Don't don't take him for granted. It is God's will for every child of God to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It is God's will for his children to speak in tongues, to speak in other tongues every day. The disciples were instructed not to leave the city without this promise, the fullness of the spirit. I got a question for you. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Some think that this is an option, but it's a command from God and it's necessary for life and ministry. If you're ever going to do much for God, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Go with me to Acts. My time is getting away from me. Acts chapter one. Acts chapter one. And let's look at verses four through eight. Acts chapter one, verses four through eight. It says, while standing with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you have heard from me. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so they had come together and they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the season that the father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Being filled with the spirit, being filled receiving the baptism with the Holy Spirit is something that God wants all of us to receive. It is God's will for you to speak in tongues every day. Jesus told them not to depart until they receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the promise of the fullness of the Spirit. It is important that we receive him. You receive power once the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be Notice Jesus says to be my witnesses, not to just go out and witness, but to be, 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 be his witness. There's something about when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. See, when you got saved, the spirit of God came inside. Every person that called upon the name of the Lord is saved and the spirit of God is inside of them. They are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But everyone who's saved isn't filled with the spirit. Those who have received the baptism with the Holy Spirit, with the Bible evidence of speaking in other tongues, are filled to the Holy Spirit. And they need to continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be, there's something about it when he comes upon. He comes inside at the new birth. He comes upon at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He comes inside at the new birth and he comes upon when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There is an anointing that every Christian has. But when a Christian receives the baptism in the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues, there is a power. There is a greater anointing that comes upon that Christian. 
He comes upon you to bless others. He comes upon you for service. The Spirit of God comes upon you to anoint you to do the work of the ministry, to be a witness of the resurrected Christ. We're not all called to the, to the ministry in the sense of the fivefold ministry or pulpit ministry, but we are all called and anointed to do a work for God. Many people, when they get serious about God, they automatically think they should be in the pulpit preaching. Everyone's not called to the pulpit. There's very few people actually called into the fivefold ministry. What are you talking about, Pastor Dwayne? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. What we call the fivefold ministry. There's very few people. It is it, it's a small amount of people as it relates to the body of Christ called to those fivefold ministries. So therefore, we got other believers. The spirit of God is upon to do another type of work, another work of ministry. And we'll dive into that sometime this year into details. We're not called to just be behind the pulpit, but we're called to to go out and do some type of ministry. Everyone starts in the ministry of helps. According to 1 Corinthians 12, there is what is called the ministry of helps. If the earlier church needed this precious gift of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, how much more do we need it today? Tongues is for personal, your personal prayer life for edification, and tongues is for public ministry. Not everyone is called to deliver a tongue in the public setting. Let's go over there real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I hope you're getting blessed by this. Some of you all may already know this, but how many know we never, never can get tired of hearing the word of God? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's look at verse, starting with verse 27 through 30. It says, and now you are the body of Christ, individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, Second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, well, we know that that's not true. Are all prophets, absolutely not. Are all teachers, well, you can just look at the people and see if they're bored when someone's up teaching. Do all work miracles, absolutely not. I say this, this, this ministry of working of miracles we don't see a lot of it, but thank God it's coming back. It's coming back. I'm talking about the, the working of miracles. I'm talking about uh, like the lame walking, the dead been raised from the dead, the dead been raised from the dead. I'm, I'm talking about the, the, the lame and, and those without arms and legs and, and leprosy, miracles, not just healings, but miracles. That's coming back to the church. To all, do all possess gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? So that do all speak in tongues? Many times people say, well, see there, the Bible does not expect everybody to speak in tongues. You just shot your, shot, shot your message and you just made, you just kind of contradicted your message, Pastor Dwayne. No, actually, this is talking about the public ministry of tongues because then it acts right after, do all interpret? So there is a public side of tongues and then there's the private Pub, private prayer life. All right. Um, I don't have time to get into it, but I'll mention it real quick. There are three types of baptisms in the Bible. There's the baptism in the body of Christ. There's the baptism in water. And then there's the baptism with the Holy Spirit. 
We're focusing on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. All right, before I let you go, we're going to go to Acts chapter 2. This will be my last chapter before I let you go. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, let's look at verses 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place, and suddenly, everybody say suddenly. I can't hear you. Suddenly, <laughs> there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them other utterance. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice this, that it wasn't a select few, like some teach, but it was all. They all were filled with the Spirit. And what happened with all of them being filled with the Spirit? They all began to speak in other tongues. Tongues of fire appeared to each one of them. And I'm telling you that it is God's will for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to speak in tongues every day. It is God's will for you to speak in Paul said it like this. I pray and I wish that all of you all would speak in tongues. He said, but I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. But when you come together, it's not necessarily time for y'all to, when it's church time, for everybody to go up in tongues only. Now, he wasn't knocking praying in tongues together as a family. But what he was knocking is at the church of Corinth, they were popping up in the middle of the sermon, speaking in tongues out of order. You can, you can misuse the gift of tongues by doing it out of order, going to work. You should be fired. You should be escorted out. There's not the time for you to go off in tongues just out of nowhere. You could, you, listen, I'm going to say something. You can speak in tongues in the flesh. Let me say it again. You can speak in tongues in the flesh. There is an appropriate time. And the tongues that God has called us to pray every day with is private. Doing it under your breath. Doing it in private between you and God. When it's a tongue for the unbeliever or a tongue to be spoken in a public setting, the Spirit of God will prompt you and lead you. But a lot of what is called, you know, the Spirit is, oh, I just couldn't help myself. No, it's your flesh because the Spirit is subject to you. you you're, you're subject. You, 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 you have a, a place. If you got to prophesy, you don't, you, oh, I got to do it now. I got to do it now. God is not going to strike you down if you don't do it right now. So stop being super dumb deep. Learn how to be mature in these gifts. I pray in tongues a lot, but I don't go around letting people know, hey, look, look, listen to me. You know, sometimes people want to act like they're spiritual and they get up and, and you know, maybe they're preaching and they go off into a tongue. And sometimes that may happen. But let me tell you something. It, it, a lot of that is for your personal edification, unless there is a public, unless we're praying. I say, you know, sometimes on our prayer calls, I say, okay, let's pray in tongues for the next few moments. That, that, that's something, that's prayer. But when it comes to a public setting, it's not appropriate for you to get up in the middle of the sermon and speak in tongues where it distracts you. Now, there's sometimes there is a praise and there's an expression. I'm, I'm not knocking that. If you next time we come back together and the spirit of God moves and you're just happy and you go off in tongues, I'm not going to usher get them. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. What I'm saying to you is 
when it's appropriate, and that's appropriate to give praise uh, or doing praise and worship. It's okay. But, but what I'm dealing with and what I'm sharing with you today is that private time, that every day you should pray more, you should pray more in private than you do in public. Let that sink in a little bit. You should pray more in private than you do in public. Your public prayers should be a reflection of your private prayers. And I want to encourage you. That's my time going off. I want to encourage you to pray in tongues every single day, to be filled with the spirit. The initial infilling of the spirit is to speak in other tongues. And we saw from this church that they were all in one accord, 120 of them. And the Bible says, and they were filled with the spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. There's something about this baptism. The devil hates tongues. He will fight tongues. He's caused churches even to split over the doctrine of tongues. He's, he's tried to remove it from church history. As you read church history, you don't see much about tongues because the devil hates tongues because he knows that if you and I get an understanding and a revelation of what tongues will do, it will transform your life. You'll pray yourself right into the perfect will of God. Tongues is not the only thing you should be doing, but you should. It should be a major part of you being filled with the spirit. I challenge you to start speaking in tongues every day. I'm not talking about going. Hush, da, 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 da. I'm not talking to you, telling you to do that. I'm telling you to pray privately. Let that prayer, private prayer life be so strong without you even saying a word. When people see you and talk to you, they can sense the presence of God. Because you've been in the presence of Almighty God. The Spirit of God has been sent to equip us, to, to minister to the lost, to equip us. See, your, our programs won't save people. Our big churches won't save people. Our fancy preach, preaching won't save people. The gospel and the power of God will save people and has been commissioned. God, we, we need power. We need to walk in some power. Let me, let me, let me continue. Let's jump down to verse... 38, Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39, as I conclude. Let's start with verse 37. It says, now that they have heard this, they were cut to the, to the heart. Peter just got finished preaching and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? In other words, what shall we do to be saved? Verse 38, and Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of, sin, of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's me know that there is at least three things should happen when you get saved. You, there should be a repentance, right? There should be you repenting and you placing your faith in Christ. Then you should get baptized in water. Then you should receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, threefold. Repentance, faith in Christ, baptism in water, and baptism with the Holy Spirit. The church was born with this philosophy, with this doctrine, with this way of doing life in Christ. It was not born like you get saved and you don't hear about tongues to 20 years later. That is error. That is demonic. The enemy has robbed many of God's people from receiving the fullness. Usually, 
Christians, people, when they get saved, they get saved, they get baptized in water, and it stops. And, of course, they become they learn how to become disciples, but they don't receive the fullness. And God raised me up and raised Kingdom Living Ministries up for such a time as this to, in, to, to proclaim the fullness of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I've seen dozens and hundreds and even thousands receive this baptism in the Holy Spirit. Let's continue. Verse 39, for the promise is for you, let's look at the next part, and for your what? Your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. This promise of the Spirit, this infilling, this being filled with the Spirit is for you and your children and as many as the Lord our God has called. God has called us to himself to be filled, to overflow with the Holy Spirit, as well as our children. Let me talk about your children real quick. Thank you for asking. So the other day, we were having family worship, me and my two boys. We were in a circle holding hands, and we, I told them, let's pray in tongues. My, my three-year-old made his confession of faith, all right? And, of course, uh, my oldest, my nine-year-old, said the prayer years ago when he was about two or three after I got finished spanking him. He asked Jesus into his life. Jesus came and gave him a brand new heart. And then a few years later, he received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I have not prayed for my three-year-old up to this point to receive the baptism. So we praying in, in the circle, and me and the oldest are praying in tongues. I laid my hands on him. I said, be refilled. I command those rivers of living water to come forth. And he began, do I have to pray as loud as you? Yes. Why do I have to pray? Does the Bible tell me? I said, I'm your father, and I'm your pastor, and I'm commanding you to pray loud like me <laughs> at that moment. So he, now the three-year-old is imitating us. Did I stop him? Absolutely not. And I'm here to tell you that your kids need to hear you pray in tongues. Your kids need to hear you pray in tongues daily. Listen, if kids can hear you cuss, I'm talking to somebody, they can show who hear you speak the wonderful works of God in a heavenly language. If they can work a smartphone, if they can play games, it's time for you to explain the gospel to your kids and to lead them. Minister David sent me a video of his oldest son receiving Christ, praying the prayer of salvation. I'm telling you, that's the type of parenting that God is looking for. Do not sit back and let your kids raise themselves in the faith because it's not going to happen. The devil will get you to your kids before you will. You got less than 18 years to preach the gospel, to explain the gospel, and to model the gospel and give them plenty of opportunities to have faith in Christ. I command you as your pastor and as authority in the name of Jesus for you to go and proclaim the gospel to your children. Don't think that they're too young. Listen, kids, can. how many languages can a kid learn? As many as you're willing to teach them. So you can, you can have your children receive Christ at the precious age, age of six. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues, and I've been speaking in tongues ever since. And I'm telling you, God wants your children. You saw this. Let's look at this. You don't believe me? Go to Acts 2.38 again. For the promise is for you and for who? For your children and for all who the Lord God has called to himself. Listen, this promise is for your child as well as for yourself. If you have not done so, repent this day 
and get up and begin to pray and minister to your children the baptism in the Holy Spirit. If you haven't ministered to them the salvation, minister to that to that to them that first and then into the baptism. They need to be speaking in tongues. Listen, there are great battles ahead of your children. You want to do everything spiritually and naturally to equip them for the battles ahead. Life is not going to be easier for them, but with the power of the gospel and the understanding of who God is and the infilling of the spirit, as well as preparing them naturally, they'll be victors in the future. Stop looking at your child that they're too young to receive this precious gift. When I was a children's pastor, I said it, children, I used to be a children's pastor for about a good year. I let many of little small children, six, seven, and eight, nine, into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. My little cousins from Arkansas, I, I used to have them for different summers. All of them jokers got filled with the Spirit. They went back to town preaching Christ and preaching that people need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to speak in tongues. Stop smoking marijuana and be filled. I'm telling you, it's a true story. And you are responsible for your children spiritually just like you are naturally. Now, that's all I have to say, but I want to give you an opportunity if you're not saved, if you're not, the first step in being filled with the Spirit is to receive Christ as your Savior and as your Lord, to place your faith in Jesus. Jesus died for your sins. Let me tell you something. You're not okay. You're not okay, despite what some preacher might say, despite positive messages, um, self-help messages. You're not okay with God if you haven't received Christ. You are at war with God. The Bible says there's beef between God and humanity. And Jesus came to squash the beef. We have peace with God through Jesus. And I want to give you this invitation to invite the life giver into your life, to invite Jesus, the Savior, Jesus, the Redeemer, Jesus, your substitute, Jesus, your master, to come inside your life and to invade your world. I'm not promising you a, good, a perfect life, but I am promising you your sins can be forgiven as you receive Christ into your life. And then you can receive the baptism. So if you're here, if you're watching me tonight, today, this morning, or later on tonight, or this afternoon, or a couple years down the line, I invite you right now to call upon the name of the Lord. The Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of Jesus shall be saved. So I want you to call upon him using your words. I want you to call upon him. Come on, raise them, them hands up right now. Begin to call upon him. Jesus, I call on you. Come on, repeat after me if you don't know what to say. Jesus, I call upon you. Saints, come on, come on, saints, join me. Jesus, I call upon you. Some of y'all haven't called upon him in a long time. Jesus, I call upon you. I call upon you, Jesus. Jesus, I call upon you. Jesus, I call upon you. I call upon you. I call upon your name. I call upon the name of Jesus. Pray this prayer with me. God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I confess I am a sinner. I need Christ. I say with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised Christ from the dead. 
and I receive Jesus as my Savior and as my Lord. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. If you prayed that prayer, welcome to the family of God. Jesus is your Lord. Contact us, info, I-N-F-O, at kingdomlivingnj.org. And we'll send you a free Bible and send you some materials to help you along your journey with Christ. Info at kingdomlivingnj.org. I invite you to write us and to let us know that you prayed the prayer of salvation. For there is no other greater prayer than you can pray than calling that on Jesus as your this week's message. And, and thank you very out. much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200. Or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.